Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is the transgender myth. It's impossible for any human being to be a transgender. Now, the person or group who can define reality is truly powerful. These individuals can create new definitions of existing words and produce options to experience an alternative world. These individuals are called social engineers. They give us new concepts and ideas to shape or manipulate our minds in order to influence us to accept a new paradigm. They use manipulation, deception, coercion, and anything else available to them to make us believe that we can experience something that's not even possible, something that doesn't exist in the human experience. They've convinced us that we can be whatever it is that we want to be. We can do whatever it is that we want to do. People are so caught up in the hype and the myth that they're not using their critical thinking skills. Now, a lot of people are so brainwashed, they've been dumbed down that they don't even have the thinking capacity to reason anymore. They just accept any and everything that's given to them. Now, these social engineers, they have studied the human mind, the human psychic, and they know exactly what to do, what to put into place in order for them to totally transform the human mind, to convince them that something that is literally impossible is possible. This is something that most people cannot understand. How is it that some people can accept a blatant lie and they don't even see it as a lie? They see it as a truth. Now, we'll go into more details. Now, these people who are social engineers, they have created a whole new concepts and idea when it comes to the transgender myth. Now, they invented these terms, transgender trans woman, trans men, misgender, misassigned, transphobia, homophobia, cisgender. Now these words never existed and are not based in reality. They're all made up concepts. Again, there is no such thing as a transgender. In the human species, There's no one in the human species that can be a transgender. This is impossible. A biological male at birth cannot physically change into a biological female at any point in their lives. Not during puberty. Not during their teenagers. Not in their 20s. Not when they reach full maturation. Not when they go to menopause. Not at any period in their lifetime can they change biological sex or gender. This is impossible. Now the opposite is also true. A biological female at birth cannot 
physically change into a biological male. This is impossible. There's no probability of this ever happening in the human race. Even the people who are born with a birth defect or genetic disorder who are classified as intersex, they cannot physically change their bodies from one biological sex into another. Even though they may have the appearance of two genitalias, but on a chromosomal level or a genetic level, they are either male or female. They can't be both male and female at the same time. One of their sexual organs will be passive and non-functional, while the other is dominant and fully functional. Human beings are not biologically androgynous by nature. Therefore, no one can ever be transgender. So technically, there's no such thing as a transgender woman or transgender men. Biological gender is not based on choice, social identity, selective behavior, external appearance, mental perspective, or emotional experience. Biological gender or sex is solely based on a person's biology, which includes their genetics, chromosomes, physiology, anatomy, cellular makeup, bone structure, hormones, and external genitalia. In reality, anyone can claim to be whatever they choose to be. Just because they self-identify as something doesn't mean that they are actually that in reality. Anyone could claim another gender identity. They can cross-dress, behave a certain way, have a particular demeanor, adopt specific characteristics, or choose alternative lifestyles. These factors won't change who they are on a biological level. Biological gender or sex is not a personal choice. I'm repeating the same thing because obviously people are not understanding this concept. Biological gender or sex is not changeable or fluid. It's not seasonal or it's just a phase. It's permanent, fixed, and non-negotiable. Like the old saying goes, it is what it is and there's nothing we can do to alter this biological reality. That's something that we have to understand. Again, transgenderism is part of the social engineering or conceptual engineering of society. Biological sex or gender is the core identity. All right. I'm going to repeat, biological sex or gender is the core identity of who we are as human beings. To remove our biological identity is to deny us our humanity. The first thing that all human beings must embrace from birth is their identity based on their biology. Physically, a person will have a different reality based on their body's genetic makeup. The male and female physical bodies are created to have a different experience because they play different roles. 
They possess different physical traits and characteristics. They perceive the world from different perspectives and they contribute different necessary factors to the human relationship and experience. Now, biological sex or gender provides the basic structure and foundation for our existence as human beings. It helps us to know the following. When we've established a biological identity, we know who we are on a personal level. Knowing who you are is very fundamental to being a human being. You cannot be born and you're identifying or you being labeled something else. If a child, a human child, is born into the world and the society says that's a, a dog or that's a, a monkey or that's a, a dragon, then it becomes a problem. That child will develop an identity crisis or an identity problem. If they cannot identify with their genetic and biological body, if they can't identify with it, they don't know who they are, then it's going to create a problem. So the same thing is going to happen to human beings. If we have a child being born and we're not identifying that child to be male or female, Because if we don't identify that child to be male or female, growing up, they're not going to know who they are. They're not going to know who they are. So personal identity is very important because it comes from our biological identity. Now, knowing our roles and responsibilities as a human being, once you identify as male or female, again, you can't be both, then you will be able to identify what your roles and responsibility will be as a human being. Because your body is going to dictate certain things because your body is being influenced by the hormones that it's producing. So a male body is going to react different from a female body. That's just basic biology. So if you think that, you know, you're a male and you're a female and you're going to start assuming certain responsibilities that are physically not possible, then this is going to create a problem for you. Now, again, knowing where we fit in and where we belong. Once you have a biological identity, you know where you fit in and where you belong. That's no secret. Knowing what's expected from us as an individual. Knowing our obligations and duties in the society. Knowing how to operate or function in our families, in our relationship, communities, and society overall. Knowing our capabilities and potentials as individuals. Knowing our limitations and boundaries. What we can and cannot do. Knowing the differences and commonalities between male and female. Knowing what we can contribute or bring to the table. This is very important. You've got to know who you are on a biological level. That is your basic identity as a human being. So biological sex or gender is not a social construct. Because people keep saying, or, you know, uh, sex and gender is a social construct. No, it's not. 
biological sex or gender is not a social construct. It is a biological reality that provides the following necessities for humanity to function in a natural and healthy way. Biological sex or gender gives you an identity and that identity provides order provides the mental and social framework that establishes rules and guidelines for social functioning. Without order, there would be chaos and confusion. So biological sex, biological gender gives us identity, which gives us order. Now, the second thing it gives us is stability. We need to maintain a stable environment that can continue from one generation to the next. People have to work to maintain a culture, custom, and tradition that can create a strong foundation. Without biological gender or sex, we will not have stability. This is important. We need to have social, personal, collective, family stability. And that's what biological sex and gender gives us. It gives us security. People feel safe and secure knowing how things will work, how their basic needs will be met, food, clothing, shelter, safety from harm or conflict. So once we have stability, once we have order, stability, then we have security. And this is what we get when we have an established biological sex or gender identity, right? Now, continuity, very important. It's important to create a civilization that will ensure our survival as a race, as a family and community. We have to have values, morals, ethics, and standards to build on that are constant, that are consistent. So we need continuity. Now, discipline. We have to exercise self-control to master our lower natures. We have to get rid of our vice and fears and insecurities. We have to know how to operate within boundaries, specifically biological boundaries, okay? We know that if you're male, biologically, you're influenced to do certain things or you're equipped to do certain things or you play a certain role. So you're going to discipline yourself to play those roles and to adhere to these rules, biological rules, because you know that you need to be able to have the order, the stability, the security, the continuity, and discipline. Without those things, the human civilization will not survive. The human race on a biological level will not survive because one of the main goals of male and female getting together is to have babies. When they have babies, they're able to continue the process of life. That is part of that continuity. Very important. We got to think now. Again, transgender is the new social construct and it's based on conceptual engineering. I'm going to repeat. Transgender is the new social construct and it's based on conceptual engineering. Biologically, male and female have not changed since the beginning of their appearance on this planet millions of years ago. 
A biological male 2,000 years ago is exactly the same as a biological male today. A biological female 2,000 years ago is still exactly the same as a biological female today. Now, when they're digging up and they're finding ancient fossils and skeletons, they have never found any transgenders. They've never found any transgenders when they're digging up. They find a male or they find a female. There's no such thing as a transgender. It never existed. And it still does not exist. So if biologically human sex and gender haven't changed, what happened to create this transgender movement? Obviously, there's an agenda to alter humanity to create a new category of people who are placed in the following categories. They just made this thing up. It's not real. It doesn't exist. Social engineering at its best. They want to create a genderless society where nobody is gendered. That's going to cause massive confusion, and we see it right now. They want people to be androgynous. They want to be unisex, homosexual, bisexual, pansexual. People are so busy dealing with their sexuality that they basically ignore the other important things in life. They become obsessed with their sexuality. And while they're so obsessed focusing on their sexuality, I mean, life is just passing them by. They're letting the people in power do whatever they want to do. The important issues that would provide safety and security, stability and continuity and structure and provide them with their basic needs. Those things are not being met. So while they're so busy on having the right to change their gender, they're just neglecting everything else in life. And they're giving their personal power away to the people who run the world. This is an agenda. Sex become the main thing. People become obsessed with sex. Everything is sexually centered. Sex becomes the way of life. Not the creation of life. But the way of life, everybody's focused on their sexuality, their sexual orientation, their sexual status. All right, this is something that we need to stop and think about. Sexuality is just one aspect of our lives. When we hear people talk about their sexual orientation, they don't tell us about nothing other than their sexual preference. Their sexual identity. They don't tell us about how they live, the purpose of their lives, what they're contributing to humanity, how they're improving life, how they're having a more holistic experience. We don't hear that. All we hear is, my sexuality is this. I'm transgender. I'm homosexual. I'm bisexual. I'm pansexual. I mean, this is what the focus has become. And it's very, very childish. It's very immature. A mind that is advanced, enlightened, conscious, will not be focusing primarily on the lower nature. Doesn't make sense, right? Now, these individuals who are placed in these classifications are less than 2% of the world's population. For centuries, there were a small minority on the global level, right? Now, throughout history, there's always been a small amount of people who've been confused about their biological identity or their gender identity. We've always had those people. All right? Now, these people 
those individuals, and again, these individuals experience abnormal changes due to many factors that shouldn't have been part of the human experience. All right, now some of these people, that small 2% of the world population who are confused about their gender, their sexuality, or their sexual orientation, these people have problems, psychological and psychiatric problems, mental health disorders, gender dysphoria. They had childhood trauma, whether they experienced crisis, natural disasters, slavery, human trafficking, oppression, war, poverty. That's sexual trauma and sexual assault. Dysfunction and toxic family. They were exposed to domestic violence, incest, abandonment, neglect. Right? Now, these individuals have always existed as a small, small group. Most societies understood these people's trauma and they never legally acknowledged their pathology, their sickness or disease state as the norm. They never validated their experience and allowed them to have influence in the greater society. They were always limited and contained within their small communities. Some societies such as ancient Greek and Rome, they did accept some of these dysfunctional behaviors as normal and socially accepted them. More specifically, homosexuality, bisexuality, and pedophilia. This is something that was acceptable in ancient Rome and Greece. Rome, ancient Rome and Greece. Now, this is the reality. Now, these societies that accepted these alternative lifestyles were patriarchal, and males dominated while excluding females. Unfortunately, they did practice sexism and misogyny. Females were seen as inferior, less than, and not good enough. They were abused, degraded, oppressed, and assaulted. Anything that was feminine or associated with females were not given any value or importance. The biological males who didn't meet the superficial standards of manhood were socially castrated and given the status of a woman and treated accordingly. These biological males were placed in a woman's role and used as females. They were sexually exploited. They were used for household chores. They were cleaning and cooking. They were subservient and they were slaves and servants. They were physically abused and degraded, castrated, and humiliated. Now, some of these males were forced to dress like females, behave as females, and interact with others from a female status. These powerful males... The ones who were the ruling class had the right. This right was given to them by society to infeminate these males they considered to be weak, passive, and submissive. Right? For whatever reason, these males who did not meet the male definition, they were just socially castrated and transformed into a woman. Not biologically, of course, but in terms of their status. Some of these males weren't considered to be real men for some of the following reasons, which all these reasons are superficial, but this is what they were using to determine who's going to be a man and who's not. They weren't using biology. They were using other factors, such as physical size. If a man was short, 
He was fragile. He was weak. He wasn't built to be a warrior. They consider him not to be a male. They consider him to be a female. Maybe he was very short and and, and frail looking. He was non-aggressive. He was non-domineering. He was mentally weak. He was easily influenced, intimidated, or controlled. He had no fighting skills. He wasn't military or combat ready. He was emotionally dependent. He was dependent on people emotionally for their support. He was very sensitive, non-competitive with other males. He was feminine in nature. Maybe he was soft-spoken, gentle, kind, respectful. Okay, these traits in a male-dominated society were considered to be a sign of weakness. If the society was barbaric and warlike, these traits were not accepted or tolerated from a biological male. Now, these males, these biological males, they were supposedly weaker. They were the victims of toxic masculinity. They were not considered manly because they weren't savages, killers, rapists, or destroyers. They experienced male-on-male violence. Biological females were not a threat to these male victims. It was the patriarchal males versus the feminine males. It was exclusively the battle of the males. Females had nothing to do with this fight. It was the men who were in power. They're the ones who decided who was going to be considered a male and who was going to be considered a female. Now, these toxic males who made the society rules had the power to determine who would exist as a female. They decided who can claim the status of a male. Because of their misogyny, anything, again, that was associated with womanhood, or femininity was looked down upon. So any type of femininity that they noticed in the male, it was a sign of weakness and they used as an excuse for him not to be classified as a male. Now, womanhood was seen as a type of commodity that can be transferred as a status to anybody. I'm going to repeat that again. Womanhood or femininity was seen as a type of commodity that can be transferred as a status to anybody. Since the biological female's body was already objectified and commodified, she had no control over what happened to her on any level. She was seen as a property and she was at the mercy of the men. Her body could at any time be violated, altered, changed, erased, or replaced. She had no identity and can become genderless, sexless, sexless, speechless, and lifeless at any given moment. This is not an exaggeration, but a reality under the domination of Western patriarchy. Even though these feminine males were assigned the female status, some of them also partake in the exploitation oppression and abuse of biological females. Some were very traumatized, angry, enraged, and bitter for being assigned the female role and status. They took out their negative emotions out on biological females. 
Other feminine males were decided to be in competition with biological females and actively competed with them for male attention, which included monetary rewards, validation, material object status, and power. So even though these males were given the female status, some of them due to their own misogyny and sexism, they hated the females as well, even though that they were put in that status and they were treated like the females. Instead of them hating their oppressor and their explorer and their abuser, who were all males, they decided to take that on and put it on a scapegoat, the female, the biological female. So in other words, some of them were misogynistic and they despise, hate females as well as the more sadistic men. Now, obviously not all men were that way in the society. We're simply referring to the males who were in power, the males who were making the decisions, who were running the society. The everyday average male may have not been that way, but the males, the feminine males, the feminated males who were given the female status, you know, they had a lot of resentment towards biological females, even though biological females had nothing to do with that, right? Now, some of these males, they fell right into that position of socially being defined as a female. They believe that anything women can do, biological men can do better. Biological females were forced to share their personal space with these feminine men, interact with them as if they were real biological females even though they were still biological males. Now, some of them were castrated. You know, some of their penises were cut off, their scrotums were cut off. So anatomically, they didn't have a male genitalia, but they were still biologically males, right? Now, this is what was happening back in ancient Greece and Rome and other parts of the world as well. Now, history has a way of repeating itself. Because the same thing is happening again in the 21st century. The biological males who are in power now have decided to use their political power to reinstate the policy of replacing biological females with feminine males. The homosexual movement has been normalized the way it was in ancient Greek Greece and Rome. These feminine males now want to officially be granted the legal status of biological females. As biological males, they are given the right and privilege to exercise their power to claim womanhood as their own. They are now redefining and reclassifying femininity from a masculine perspective. They want to be the new face of women. They want to take all the special titles, positions, benefits, and privileges given to women. Ultimately, they want to take away the power from women to be feminine and womanly. Initially, these gay feminine males were primarily focusing on just being accepted as gay men. Then they pursued to be called trans women. And now they want to be categorized 
as the same as a biological female. See, they don't just want to compete with biological females. Their plan is to eventually replace them. They want to be included in all biological female platforms. They want to be in politics, personal space, sports, the media, representation, political candidacy, social interaction, and activities. They want to be part of everything as if they were a biological female. In essence, they want to deny biological females their human right to exist as women. These gay feminine males are not creating a problem or disruption for other biological males. They're specifically targeting biological females for attack. They want to tell women, biological women, how to think, feel, behave, and exist. They're demanding to be included in women's personal space. They're telling women what to do and how to do it as a biological female, as if they know what that feels like. They're taking away biological women's dignity and credibility. They're interfering with biological women's daily activities. They're demanding to be seen and treated as a biological woman's equal. They're demanding to get unconditional acceptance, support, and validation from biological females without any reciprocity. They want to go ahead on and take, 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 but they don't want to give nothing to biological females. And we'll talk about that in part two. Now, the male politicians have passed laws giving these gay feminine males the right to self-identify as women. Therefore, they completely ignored and discarded all the obvious biological distinctions between biological male and female. Again, their misogyny don't allow them to see biological females as unique individuals with their own mental, spiritual, and emotional characteristics that can't be mimicked or imitated by a biological male. All right, so these politicians, they want to close their eyes. Be pacific, these male politicians, because we have the majority of politicians in Western society are males. Are males, and they're the ones who are making these laws. Women are not making these laws. Now, some of these women are going along with the program, but they're not the ones making these laws. They're not creating these rules. So we, again, we have the biological male that's making the rules. They're the ones who's going to decide who's going to get the status of woman. Even though there are physical differences, obvious physical differences between biological male and female, these politicians don't care. They just want to put a stamp. Hey, we consider you to be this. We consider you to be that. All right? So they basically believe that being a biological female is no big deal. And anyone, including a biological male, can replace her just by wearing a dress, using makeup, wearing a wig. This is a big insult to biological females. Their entire existence and value are based on superficial and artificial standards. So according to these new transgender laws, any biological male can become a woman at any time through 
self-declaration, self-identification, self-certification. They don't have to have no surgical operation. They don't have to have no cosmetic surgery. They don't have to get rid of their penis or scrotum. They don't have to take no sex hormones or perform anything else. As long as they say that they are a woman, everybody's supposed to just sit down and just accept them as women. Because they self-declaration. They have self-declaration, self-identification, self-certification. This is something that we really need to pay attention to. This is something that we really need to pay attention. Somebody could just wake up one day and say, I feel this way. Simply feeling like a woman is sufficient or suffice to be categorized as a transgender woman. Now, no one bothered to ask the million dollar question and explore the answer. How can a biological male actually feel, quote, quote, like a biological woman? Now, who can validate this experience because it's extremely subjective? Being a biological female is absolutely more than just having feelings or emotions. These feminine males can only relate or connect to women's so-called feelings, but at the same time, degrading or ignoring all their other attributes characteristics, abilities, talent, strength, endurance, resiliency, intelligence, spirituality, mentality, and personality. Women are not just about feeling. Women possess more than just feelings. This is typically a form of bias, prejudice, and stereotype of biological females. That women are just about feelings. That's a stereotype. When men want to be biased or they want to be prejudiced against females, they will treat them as if they're all about feelings, as if they don't have anything else. See, they think that women possess feelings and operate from feelings, not from logic and reason or other substance. All women should feel offended and insulted for being judged so wrongly. In reality, these feminine biological males say they feel like a natural woman. The question is, why do they have the need to alter their bodies to take on the identity of a female? They should be able to stay as they are in their male bodies and confidently say they're females without changing their natural body appearance. They don't need to get no plastic surgery or cosmetic enhancement, hormones. They don't need no makeup, no wigs, no fake hair, no behavior changes or voice alterations. If they say that they are females, they don't need to mimic female mannerisms, attitudes. They don't need to put on female clothing, attires. They don't need to do that. If they are self-decorating, self-decoration, self-identification, self-certification, if they can say that they're females, they should just stay as they are. I don't see the need to try to have 
their feelings affirmed. Because if you say that's what you are, then stay as you are, if that's what you are. A biological female is a natural woman without any of these superficial and aesthetic changes. They wake up in the morning being a biological woman. They're natural. They have a natural vagina, natural breasts, natural hips, natural uterus, natural ovaries, natural butt, natural face, natural arms, natural shoulders, natural neck, natural hands, natural thighs, and natural fingers. Obviously, they don't need society, law, or anything anything to affirm or validate their biological gender or sex. Gender affirming is not necessary when your gender is based on biology and not your feelings. There's no need to physically alter the body or mutilate it in any way to become something you're not. Just think about that for a second. If you say that you self-identify, you have self-declaration and self-identification as a female, then, then why are you changing your body? You should just wake up one day and just be as you are. Now, these gay feminine males have to practice gender affirming care because just believing they're the opposite sex doesn't convince others of their acquired new identity. They want to play the part and step into the roles instead of just being their biological authentic self. Now, some of these gay feminine males state that they believe that they were born in the wrong body. Therefore, it's their mission to physically mutilate or alter their bodies to create their desired bodies using cosmetic and reconstruction surgeries, hormones, body enhancers. Ironically, no matter how much money they spend on these superficial changes on a biological, genetic, chromosomal, and physiological level, technically, nothing has changed. So all that work, suffering, discomfort, all of that was in vain. That's something that we really have to think about. Now, these are some of the medical treatment that these people, these gay, feminine, biological male agree to undergo, which can have permanent negative side effects. Hormone therapy, taking estrogen, which blocks the action of testosterone. Facial reconstruction surgery, they have to mess with the cheekbones, chin, the jaw, okay? They have to do the nose, chest surgery, breast implants, all right? Genital surgery, removal of the penis and scrotum, construction of a fake vagina in Libya, voice therapy. They got to remove the Adam Apple, Adam Apple reduction, right? Now there's a lot of negative medical and physical effects when they do all this stuff to become a woman that they feel that they are, right? Now they have blood clots. That's a, a high risk of developing blood clots or deep vein in the deep vein or lungs. This is serious. People can die from blood clots. They increase mortality rate. They can have a stroke, a heart attack, infertility, because they're removing their reproductive parts. Type 2 diabetes, nipple discharge, increased risk of breast cancer, reduced uh, uh, sex drive, high blood pressure, weight gain, high potassium levels, suicide increase. The majority of these gay 
feminine males, after they go to all this hormone treatment and trying to alter their body to surgery, their suicide rate increase. Increased psychiatric problems and psychiatric hospitalization, high level of prolactin, hair loss. They have all type of physical problem. It has been reported from medical and scientific researchers that after gender affirming surgery, in hormonal intervention, there was there were no mental health benefits or improvement for people identifying as transgender. Right? So it's proven that all this stuff that they're doing, it doesn't make them better. It doesn't make them better physically or make them better psychologically or emotionally. Some gay feminine males don't seek surgery for different reasons. Lack of fun or support, they seek to rely on external non-surgical enhancements to make them look more feminine. Again, we're focusing on looks here. Now, it's easier now in this age of cosmetic surgery, extreme makeup, normalization of fake hair, wigs, false eyelashes, and artificial nails, and fake butts for these gay feminine males to pretend to be women on a physical level. The fashion industry is operated by gay males and they deliberately created the trends specifically to cater to these feminine gay males. Now these gay males can hide behind these superficial standards of beauty and it can sometimes be difficult to spot them. If all biological females decide to stop wearing all these fake things, they stop wearing all these heavy makeup, stop getting cosmetic surgery, and they decided to be natural, these gay feminine males would be exposed and identified immediately without all these artificial and superficial add-ons. They would look exactly how they should. They would look like a biological male. Now, they can cloak and hide behind these made-up biological females. Biological females were influenced and manipulated to adapt a standard of beauty that was designed to accommodate gay feminine males. Unfortunately, many biological females are totally clueless and ignorant about this reality. They don't understand. All right? It's very important that a lot of women wake up to the reality. They were encouraged to be fake They were encouraged to use all the superficial products and superficial appearance because they were preparing for the gay males to transition into transgenders. That's what whole, that was the whole purpose of introducing all this cosmetic surgery to the females. A lot of people don't understand that. Now in Western society, many biological females were encouraged to become more manly, rough, aggressive, tough, vulgar, and domineering. They were systematically stripped of their femininity through exposure to traumatic experience such as domestic violence, dysfunctional and toxic parenting, abandonment and neglect by parents, and unhealthy relationships. Also, they were sexually assaulted and raped. They were raised by single parent who were head of the household. They were living in abject poverty or had just bad social environments. Now, most women are subjected daily to sexism, oppression, discrimination, and hate. They had to adapt a male mentality or way of thinking in order to survive a harsh situation or crisis. This crazy and insane conditions have left the majority of women operating from a survival mindset. 
which eliminate or suppress their feminine attributes. In other words, most women in Western cultures have a lot of dominant male characteristics. This makes it easier for transgender biological males to pretend to be a woman. They could just continue being in their masculine nature and slip on a dress and most people won't notice. Unfortunately, this is really sad and tragic that most women are not actively operating from their feminine energy because of the toxicity and trauma that they experience in their lives. Now, it would be extremely difficult for a transgender biological male to pretend to be a biological female if they had to tap into these women's natural femininity. Now, think about it. If women were not traumatized, if women were not damaged, and they weren't in survival mode, and they were allowed to be in their feminine state, they would be more nurturing, more sympathetic, empathetic, gentle, warm, sensitive. They would practice humility, be more affectionate, be kind, be more understanding, be more motherly, be more cooperative, more forgiving, expressive. They'd be devoted, assertive, be creative, and they'd be more spiritual. And if they were in this positive state, guess what? These males could not tap into this feminine energy. They couldn't do it. They could throw on a wig. They can go ahead and put on a dress. But their behaviors would expose who they were. Because women wouldn't be acting like men. Women would be acting like women. And obviously a man can't be a woman. So they would be instantly exposed. Again, in Western cultures... These are simply stereotypes of female characteristics because most females haven't been allowed to operate from their natural state. So all these positive attributes that that just stated about women when they're in their natural state, in Western culture, these are considered to be stereotypes because most women are not that way because of their trauma and because they're being forced to be in that survival mode. All right? Now... It's easy for a transgender male to mimic the negativity that most females are displaying at this time. It's easy for them to pretend to be women because, you know, they can be rough. They already are rough. They can be cold. They can be vulgar and aggressive and sassy and promiscuous, provocative, conceited, rude, mean, cruel, loud, classless, they can have a negative attitude. We have a lot of women in Western culture that have these negative characteristics. And this is what these gay males are emulating. This is what they're mimicking. It's easy to be that. In other words, an effeminated transgender male can fit right into this toxic masculinity. So we have a lot of women who are practicing toxic masculinity. So these gay men can step right into that role and continue mimicking that toxic toxic masculinity because they've been doing it anyway. Obviously, not all males are toxic or they're practicing toxic masculinity. But these gay guys, they're imitating these transgender males. They're imitating toxic femininity. 
They're not imitating positive femininity. They're not tapping into a more healthier female characteristic. They're not. They're exaggerating their features, exaggerating their their mannerism, exaggerating so many aspects of what they're doing because they think that's what a woman is all about. In reality, they're mimicking a very unhealthy, toxic, and dysfunctional woman. Natural women who are healthy do not act that way. They do not act that way. Alright, so I'm going to stop right here because we do have part two that we're going to discuss about the myth of transgenderism. It's very important that we understand. We got to stop and we got to really think about what is happening in our world. We have to question everything. Nowadays, people are pretty much penalized, socially penalized, financially and even criminalize when they're talking about things that make no sense. Okay, now if they have to pass laws to stop people from talking about something, that tells you that something is seriously wrong. We should be able to have conversation about any topic at any time. Now, some people would consider what I'm saying to be hate speech. There's nothing hateful about what I'm saying. I am not criticizing an individual. I am criticizing a movement. I am criticizing an agenda that is creating massive confusion and identity crisis, which leads to societal instability, which leads to all type of emotional and mental health problems. I mean, this is just basic common sense for people who are thinking. Whenever someone ventures to talk about society's vice society's illness and sickness, that person is automatically labeled hateful. They're labeled something negative so people can reject them and not stop to think about what they're saying. Okay? I don't hate anybody. I love human beings. I am a human being. I practice divine love. At the same time, if you have divine love, you have to to have divine wisdom. You have to be able to dissect what's going on around you and not partake in the negativity that we see. Because this is going to lead to the destruction, the destabilization of the society that we know right now. We can literally see the massive confusion. Now, we're not even dealing with adults right now. I mean, let's just focus on the children. Adults know what's right and they know what's wrong. And they know what to do. They know what not to do, even though they're choosing to do a lot of things. But the children who are coming up, they are the ones who are going to be in crisis. They're going to have a serious identity crisis. They're going to be questioning their humanity. They're going to be questioning their dignity. They're going to be questioning their character. They're going to be lost and confused, not knowing what's going on. They're not going to have No type of stability, no type of order, no type of structure. Now, this is the demise of society as we know it. Again, male and female are supposed to come together to have some babies. If the males want to get with the males and the females want to get the females and nobody is reproducing, what's going to happen? In 100 years, humanity will cease to exist. 
We have to put all our differences aside, all of our, our opinions, all of our preferences aside, and let's deal with the biological facts. People think that, yeah, they can clone people. How long can they keep doing that? They can have surrogate mothers. But when there is no mother and there is no father because they're trying to get rid of these natural titles, what, what are people going to be called? Right? So we're going to go ahead on and continue this conversation in part two because there's so much information to cover. But please, you have to play this over and over until you get every aspect of what it is that I'm trying to say. So I'm just encouraging critical analysis. Think about it. Break down step by step and see what's happening around us. We cannot allow other people to take over our mental capacity. We cannot allow other people to stop us from thinking for ourselves. We can't we can't just blindly follow just because people are operating from emotions. People are afraid to be labeled transphobic. There's no such thing. Remember, these are made up words. These things never exist and they don't exist. No one can be transphobic because transgender don't exist. It's all a made-up concept. Those things don't exist. It's the product of somebody's imagination. Somebody made the whole thing up. It's kind of hard to believe that somebody can make something up. Yes, all they got to do is put the ink on the paper and they create a new person, a fictitious character, someone who don't really exist. Something that is unsustainable. Something that has no place in human reality, in the human experience. Humanity was not built to operate from an androgynous perspective. Humanity was based on a two-gender program, male and female. That's it. There's no in-between. If something happened, such as an intersex, it is a birth defect. It's not something that should be accepted and glorified and, and to make it the norm. It is an exception. It is an anomaly. It is the product of a default. Something bad happened and that's why that person became intersex. But now people walking around like it's just the norm, like it's just a natural thing. It's not. Again, transgenderism is a myth. It doesn't exist. Part two is coming. Thank you.